From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Cedric Granger. Good evening and welcome to the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Today is February 22nd, 2023, and we got a great show for you today as I'm not alone. I have my friend Ethan Sargent as well here with me. Ethan, how you doing today? Doing great, Seti. It's a beautiful Wednesday evening here in Athens. Couldn't have asked for a better day, really. 65 degrees, sunny out, but you know it's Athens. It's that that fall summer where you know we'll get blasted with some cold here over the next couple days at some point you can't can't let your guard down in ohio not at all if you start slipping just one (laughs) time it'll catch you by surprise there were even some snow flurries apparently in the weather forecast last night which was just insane and then that led to a 71 degree day (laughs) and we're about to have another beautiful day tomorrow but on today's show we got a good action-packed episode here for you we got the ohio basketball and we're going to recap their win over northern illinois a big win that helped them to clinch a spot in the mac tournament then we'll move on to the women's side as the ohio women are getting an opportunity here to match up against kent state on the road it'll definitely be a challenge uh, but we will preview that game to see if the cats can take down the golden flashes Then we'll move on to national college basketball, talk about some of the big picture things with men's college basketball, as well as going over the top 25 for women's college basketball. And then we will close it out with a little talk about college football, where right now the main discussion in college football circles is the scheduling debate and how they are going to align the conferences and how they're going to make sure that each team plays each team. And there's been some hypotheticals that have been uh, put out there by different news sources and different reporters about what they could possibly do. So we will have a good discussion about that. Of course, we'll also end with our hot picks. But let's not waste any more time because we have some Bobcat basketball to talk about as Ohio took down Northern Illinois at home at the Convocation Center, 77-268. Ethan and I, we both got to uh, work that game, so we got to follow along throughout the entire span of the game, and that was one where NIU, they really came to play, especially at the first part of the game. It seemed like they were just really controlling the tempo as well as getting points in the paint at will. Now, a couple a couple big things that I noticed from this game. First thing that jumps off, if you were to look this game up, look at the box score, Huskies 1-for-19 from beyond the arc, 5.3%. They hit one three-point attempt the entire game, and yet this game was close. It went really down to the wire. Ohio were never really comfortable, and there were a couple of reasons for that. Number one, just the size of this NIU squad. A lot of rebounds, a lot of... Um, domination in the end Ohio would actually end up out rebounding NIU but early in the game it did not feel that way because it seemed like every single NIU miss was followed up by a by a crump rebound or an Ibergen rebound and they just couldn't find a way to get on that off on the defensive glass they would tune it up a little bit in the second half and as as this final scoreline indicates they were eventually able to pull away but again just a testament to this team getting hot at the right time we saw it in, uh, you know, Bobcat fans have short memories, but it, it, we saw this sort of happen in 2021 where obviously there's no NBA caliber player on this team like there was with Jason Preston, but this team has the ability and they're banding together at the right time. We're starting to see huge performances. They may not have an NBA caliber player in Jason Preston, but boy, do they have a star in Dwight Wilson. 24 and 10 last night, over a thousand career rebounds now for the Ohio Bobcats. He also broke his own record for most assists in or most rebounds in a season last night. And there's still three Mac games to go. 
So it's just they, they are playing their best basketball. Jalen Hunter with another 16 points. Elmore James, who's really stepped up over the past few games. The freshman has been getting key minutes. He had 10 points and 6 rebounds. And the, the depth that I think the other thing as I'm looking at this box score is the depth. Ohio has nine guys getting double-digit minutes. Just the starting five, the only the only five for NIU, and that was heavily affected by um, Zach Nutter getting hurt late in that game. He had to come out, and he would have played all 40 minutes had he not had to step out of that game. Only um, uh, in total, just I'm trying to do some quick math in my head, 14, just 20 bench minutes in total for the Huskies as opposed to this is going to be tougher mental math in my head, but a lot more for the Bobcats. So, again, the depth that this team is showing, and they're banding together six in a row now. Um, the sky's the limit. They're 17-11. and 11. They've still got big-time game against Kent State coming up in a couple weeks. Can never overlook your rivals in Miami coming up. They're coming up off, off a big win that they got last night. So it's getting into crunch time. We are just a couple short weeks away from March, Cedric, and the Bobbies are heating up at the right time. Yeah, things are really starting to get interesting now as uh, Dwight Wilson III, of course, having that pedigree of being on that team that's seen a lot of success, making it to the round of 32 in March Madness, and he was a key part of that team as well, uh, putting up crucial minutes and crucial amounts of points. And he was the rebound leader on that team and continuing to do that even two years down the line. And again, having somebody that you can lean on in clutch situations is definitely needed if you're a mid-major team that's trying to make a run, whether that's making a run through your own conference tournament or even trying to make a run in the NIT or the NCAA tournament, just having that guy that you can go to in late game situations. And we just seen him. We've been able to see him come through uh, in situations like that. And, I think yeah, of that Michigan game exactly. earlier too. Or even just, when they're limiting their minute, his minutes. I mean, you got he. You know, he's coming off that injury that he kept him out for all of last season. He was able to get that medical red shirt. He's able to come back. And, you know, they've, they've managed his women's, and, and Gabe Wisnitzer has come in young, uh, very much a project big, but he's he's gotten better as the season has gone on. But Dwight, uh, his impact just cannot be understated. It is, it is clear that they missed him. When you look back at the loss last year to Kent State in the tournament, the reason they lost that game in the MAC tourney was because they just couldn't rebound the ball. Kent State got almost every rebound, and with Dwight on the floor, they are starting to really use their size to their advantage, because outside of Dwight, it is a fairly undersized team for when you look at, especially like last night against Northern Illinois, a lot of athletic specimens out there on the court, a lot of tall players, guys who were able to use their size at the beginning of the game, but then Jeff Bowles made the adjustments as the game went on and was able to get guys like Dwight Wilson, uh, Gabe Wisnitzer when he came into the game, A.J. Clayton, some of their taller forwards and their centers, the ball uh, underneath in both the offensive and defensive sides. Yeah, and also props to Ohio as well for just being able to find a way to win the close game too because you're going back and forth and you really got to defend your home court when you're playing in a conference like the MAC or just any conference as well. And Ohio did a great job of doing that. I know NIU, I have to give them their respect as well from coming in, playing very well, especially given that their leading scorer, David Coit, was out for that entire game, didn't even make the trip, which no. was a bit of a shocker um, come the start of the game. Only found out probably about an hour before the game, most of the Ohio broadcast personnel. Uh, so that was tough to have to lose your star player and your key guy that you lean on going on the road against a tough team like Ohio. But NIU, they definitely performed well, and they certainly will be a team that will make the tournament for the MAC tournament. They are Firmly in, they are now down to the seven seed, but still have a two-game lead with three games to go. Uh, so they would need an epic collapse uh, for them not to make it. They will have a chance to clinch against Central Michigan. But now when we look at the full standings uh, with some of the shakeups that happened, there has been a little bit of movement as we'll take a look around some of the results from last night for the MAC And it was a night where everybody was in play, and there were definitely some things that popped off the scoreboard. We'll start with the big one, Ethan. Toledo 84, Akron 63. Yeah, I mean, as as hot as these Bobcats are, there is not a hotter team in the Mid-American Conference than the Toledo Rockets. 12 in a row, and, and it's just they're, they're starting to just blow teams away. 
I mean, they it, it, Bowling Green, a team who is on the opposite end, they've lost eight in a row. They took them down to the wire on Saturday, only one by five, but then to blow away a team like Akron, who are sneakily sliding. You know, they were up there, and then they, they come to the combo. They lose to Ohio uh, a little over a week ago, and now lost to Toledo. You can really see that there is a clear there are clear tiers in the standings. Um, obviously, in that Akron-Toledo game, it was... It was a 30-point lead at times. Toledo put a 47 points in the second half. Cedric, uh, Cedric Milner Jr., the forward, led the way with 20 points. Um, but as you can see, 20 points means that that was a team effort. No superstar performance. Um, just a they. I mean, Enrique Freeman. We all know how talented he is. The Akron Zip. Uh, 18 points for him, and they were able to limit the rest of that Akron lineup. Xavier Castaneda, who absolutely tore the Bobcats apart, even in the loss, went for over 30 points, just 12. And then Toledo, with two two double-digit scorers, JT Shoemate, who might be the best player on that team, with 20. Uh, Dennis with 17. It's just, they are, they are going to be a really tough team to see fall out in the... Um, in the tournament because it's you just don't you don't see many weaknesses there's you could probably make an argument for about three or four of those guys to make the all mac first team when that comes out looking around the rest of the mac though uh the other big one cedric was was the the presumed number one kent state falling on the road to a ball state team that is is really hard to predict i mean they have maybe the the couple of the most talented players in the division and guys like Peyton Sparks, Jalen Sellers. Sellers had 20 last night. And, you know, there was an argument at one point that Kent State could have been in as an at-large. It was the same sort of, they're kind of going through the same sort of progression that the Bobcats went through last year where Ohio was so hot. They were, I think they were right around the same record that Kent's at right now, like, Yep. Other oh, receiving votes again. Yep, yep. Receiving votes, uh, 20 plus wins, single digit losses. Um, but in the end, it doesn't matter because if you're gonna if you're gonna get an at large bid from the MAC, you need to have a you need to have a high quality early season win. Ohio had that with the Belmont win last year. Kansas State they hung real tight against Houston, the number one team in the nation. They gave them all they could handle. They had a couple other games. This the team like UNC Charleston who are also in potential you know in those like last four in first four out kind of projections right now if they don't win their conference tournament so they are hanging with those teams that win against charleston could have been maybe a turning point instead you know they were red hot at one point but now they're starting to you're starting to see um slight cracks they lost to akron they lost to Ball State. They've still got to play Ohio again. However, they have not lost at home. They have not lost at Kent State. Ohio will have to travel. They only lost by three. Uh, that's Ohio's only loss at the Convocation Center this season. So it's going to be a real test for Ohio on Tuesday. Of course, as we mentioned earlier, they're going to have to go play their rivals uh, in Oxford uh, on Saturday. But it is it is a mess, this conference. It is a little bit of a mess, and I'm really excited to see who does sneak into that last that eighth spot right now because you mentioned uh you mentioned obviously Ohio in fifth right now they have clinched because they are four games clear with three games to play Buffalo and NIU can both clinch with at least one win in their next three games but then you have Central Michigan and then you have Bowling Green Eastern Michigan and Miami who are all just one game out of that eighth spot obviously you could just say oh it's you know for that right to play the number one team but we've seen those sort of upsets bowling green gave toledo all they could handle just a couple weeks ago only losing by five putting up 86 points it's the mac anything could happen and when you have those conference tournaments and you have you know not everybody makes it it's a race to the finish and ohio is lucky enough now to be able to say well we're in but you can't take your foot off the gas because you want to get that higher seed to avoid those more difficult matchups down the road yeah, in Ohio, they're still in the mix for a potential three seed right now. Five and four seed, basically no difference between the two. Uh, but having a three seed is definitely a possibility. Uh, they probably will have to depend on Akron to continue falling. Akron does play Kent State one more time, so that's something to note on their schedule right now as they are two games back with three to go. Obviously, Ohio has to win all three games, and then they will need Akron to lose twice or Ball State to lose twice if one of those things happens 
then the Bobcats can move up to a potential three seed. And with the way that Toledo is playing and the way that Toledo has dominated against Ohio over the last three matchups, I think Ohio, if they can get to that three seed, would make it even more ideal to try to stave off yeah. a Toledo matchup potentially to a championship. And, and when you think about how, oh, how Ohio's played, they beat, they'll beat Ball State way back when. It feels like it was a long time ago, but they beat Ball State all the way back in January, and they beat Akron just a short time ago, just a little over a week ago. Obviously, they lost by Kent State to three, but showed that they could hang with them. They did lose by 15 to Toledo earlier in the year. Um, I feel like Toledo is a team that Ohio will struggle with just because of how many dynamic scorers there are on that offense. But look, the way Ohio's gelling right now, they played Toledo over a month ago. Who knows how they would attack them now. It is. Plus, it's always hard to beat a team twice. That's a thing that we will start to see come into play when you get matchups happening for the second time in a season. And, oh, don't even get me started when it happens for a third time (laughs) in a season. It could be a coin flip in those moments. So we'll keep our eye on that as the season goes on. Once again, Cats beat the Huskies 77-268. And they'll be in action again on Saturday against the Miami Redhawks. Even though Miami is a little bit down in the standings, you cannot sleep on them. And I hope that the Cats can come to play and pick up a win on the road in Oxford. We'll move on to the women's side of things where the Bobcats, even though they're sitting at 4-10 in the conference, they are still alive for a spot in the MAC tournament and right now it just really comes down to if you can be able to win three out of your last four games i think that's the magic number given that right now in the mac the fifth seed in the entire conference is just six and eight they're two games out of fifth which is just insane to think about this late in the season but it goes to show how dominant the top is like there's clear tiers it's bowling green one toledo one ball state and tier one Kent State's kind of that tier two all by themselves. And then you got got everybody else in tier three. And Ohio, right there in that mix in tier three. Uh, Don't have the best tiebreakers from what I've seen, but they do have some key wins over teams like Eastern Michigan, teams like Miami, who are also fighting for those top eight spots. They're only one game back of each. And the good news is they play both Miami and Eastern Michigan. They also play Western, too. They're, when you look at their schedule, it's pretty favorable. Their next game uh, tonight, actually, again, they're, they're heading, they're both of their next two are on the road. They're playing at Kent State and then at Western Michigan before closing the season at the combo with those two games you mentioned, the Battle of the Bricks against Miami on March 1st, and then Saturday, uh, March 4th, they will host Central Michigan. So these next two are really big, right? Because if you can come back to the convo with that little bit of momentum, it could be huge. They won that game against Central Michigan uh, this past Saturday to take a little bit of momentum against a, a good Kent State team. It may be a struggle for them. Uh, you know, they they've shown that they can hang with these these higher tier teams for a little bit, but then they they sometimes really struggle to finish those games off. They'll run out of steam down the stretch. But we'll see what they've got tonight. It'll be a tough matchup, but they got to know that. Look, if we lose this game, it's just refocus because. At the end of the day, if they're trying to make this tournament, you just got to win the, the, the three after that. All three of those teams, Western Michigan, Eastern Michigan, and Miami, are all around that little middle ground of, you know, we're half in, we're half not, we're, where it's just a little bit of a convoluted mess. So you got a bunch of teams at 6-10, and 4-12, and 4-11. Uh, everybody's in different spots. So... If Ohio is going to be able to do that, they're going to have to rely on somebody who's been doing it for them all season, and that's Yaya Felder. She's still, I believe, leading the MAC in scoring, uh, over 20 points per game average, and she has put this team on her back. Despite all the injuries, they've lost so many bodies now. Just uh, just recently, Caitlin Kroll now done for the season, who was probably up there with their second or third best player, their second best scorer for sure, and another huge loss and Bob Bolden has a tough task on his hands but look despite all the hardships that they've struggled through this year despite all the injuries despite all the losses they're still very much in with a shot to get to Cleveland so you have to refocus your team and you have to be ready to accept that challenge because that's that's the goal at the end of the day is because once you get to Cleveland we wipe the records clean everybody's zero and zero in the MAC tournament and it just becomes about what are you going to do? 
in Cleveland because the, at the end of the day, the Mac regular season title, all it is is the, the regular season title. It's a nice thing to put on your wall, but it doesn't get you to the NCAA tournament for men's or women's. So for Ohio, you can forget all the losses. If you can find a hot streak here in these last few games, maybe, just maybe, you can get hot at the right time, just like the men's team. Yeah, and I think it would just already be a success if this team can find a way to make the MAC tournament at the end of the day. Given all the injuries that have come about, all the turnover from graduation, losing an all-time great Ohio basketball yeah, player, CC Hooks, uh, having graduated as well, even had some opportunities uh, in the WNBA as well. Um, it's just tough. That's yeah. super tough to have to bounce back from that. And the Cats, they have now won three out of their last six. There were some really big low points in the season. And if they can rally, put it all together, finish the season off strong, and make the MAC tournament get into the top eight, that would be a huge win for the Cats. But yeah. speaking of that, they do have a challenge going against Kent State. Kent State is a team that they did lose to 60 to 44 earlier on in the season at the Convocation Center. And having to go on the road against one of those top tier teams in the second tier is very tough, but it's not impossible for the Cats. So we'll see how it all shakes out. Once again, that game will come on at 7 o'clock on ESPN+. So that'll take us to our first break. When we come back, we'll talk a little national college basketball to see what's been going on on the hardwood. You're listening to The Sports Fan on 970-WATH. My dad served in Vietnam, the 82nd Airborne Division. He never talked about it, and my mom knew not to ask. So dad buried himself in work and self-medicated and would lose his temper sometimes. Loud noises would put him on edge. It got rough. So I finally said to him, Dad, you gotta get help. As a family member or friend, you may be the first to notice when a veteran you love has been going through changes. Things like withdrawing, drinking more, or increased anger could be a sign of a larger health concern, but help is available. Dad finally went to VA for one-on-one and group therapy and got some really great tools to help him manage things. And I got my dad back. Listen to hundreds of inspiring stories at maketheconnection.net and learn how you can support the veterans in your life. Treatment works. Recovery is possible. Weenie Wednesday. Corn dogs and regular hot dogs, $1.19 each. Open 10.30 a.m. to 10 p.m. Head over to Larry's Dog House over on West Union Street in Athens. Live and local. The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Welcome back to the Sports Fan, 970 WATH, Cedric Granger, joined by Ethan Sargent, and we're going to talk a little bit of college basketball um, on the national scene, as there was a lot of great games last night. Of course, the Big 12, which has consistently been one of the most entertaining conferences, never fails to disappoint, as we had a upset, if you can even call it that, and then also a ranked matchup, where the higher-ranked team won as Texas continues to roll, they won 72 to 54 over Iowa State. Then Kansas State, they beat Baylor 75 to 65. K State ranked 14th in the country, and they just continue to have a great season. I mean, talk about that. In football, this team wins the Big 12 in yeah. football for the first time in a long time. Uh, I believe since 2013 was the last time that they won the Big 12 in football. And now look at them in basketball go here again. Kansas State 21 and seven. Uh, there's a lot of things to be happy about, especially if you're a Big 12 fan, because it's just every night it seems like you're having an insane match. I was just about to say, I think the Big 12 tournament is must-watch basketball. It is going to be every single matchup is going to come down to the wire because there's just so much quality. You saw it last night in that matchup between Baylor and Kansas State where it, it their both teams showed that they are more than worthy of high seeds come March Madness. And... There are just so many other. I mean, Texas is a great team. Uh, they dismantled Iowa State, a team that I believe beat them earlier in the season. Um, Texas Tech beat Oklahoma in what was a solid game. And even Oklahoma, who's near the bottom of the conference, they still are around, right? They're still causing things. So looking elsewhere around the country, Pitt is a team that needs to get ranked. They do. I, they're like, they, their record is amazing. Too many. They have passed too many tests. They have won too many big games. 
Nellie Cummings is a very, very good basketball player. And they just, I mean, that loss to Virginia Tech definitely hurt their case um, last Saturday. But they're, like, right? They're, they're third? They're a half a game out in the ACC, and that's behind sixth-ranked Virginia and 13th-ranked Miami? They, they they need to be ranked. And obviously Clemson, who started the year so well, have a little fallen off. Losing to Louisville is a bad, Oof. bad look yeah. right now. Um, so the thing is with the ACC is just behind those three of UVA, Miami, and Pitt, it has just been a struggle. UNC, what is happening in Chapel Hill? I mean, this was the number one overall team in the country. They lose – uh, the national championship after going into the locker room up what 15 points and then now they are uh they are sitting at eight and eight in the conference 16 and 11 overall they're in a fight to even make the tournament they might need to win the conference to make the tournament yeah and Ethan, let's not forget they do not have any quad one wins that, that too, is something that is, is unbelievable no quad one wins despite the scheduling now i know they tried their best to schedule up usually ohio state is a good opponent that they could depend on to be a quad one quality opponent but this year ohio state's kind of fallen off and just not winning the right games north carolina has not been able to really uh punch they ahead haven't of their that, weight class. they haven't made yeah. that statement you know that's what a quad one win is it's 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 making that statement and they just have not been able to do that our good friend carl blaylock got his little taste of mountain west basketball last night there were some solid games air force losing to fresno state san diego state continuing their dominance uh, they're ranked right now 22nd, and they won 77 to 58 over Colorado State. 22 and five for the Aztecs. They are a they're going to be a tough out in March. They, I, they are. are a they shoot the ball really well. I mean, they've beaten Boise. They've they've hung with Nevada. Obviously, Mexico, New Mexico started the year really well. Now they're struggling a little bit in conference, and. It's a, it, as much as we joke and make fun of Carl about it. It is a really good conference. It is high quality basketball. Yeah, Ethan, you aren't lying because uh, there was actually a um, rankings of all the conferences based off specific metrics. And usually, you know, it'd be your Power Six, where it's your Big East, Big Ten, ACC, yep. Pac-12, Big Twelve, SEC. But this time around. Ahead of the ACC this year, yeah. according to the metrics, was the Mountain West Conference. And it, it, it makes total sense. I mean, you look at the top of this conference, there are five teams here that you can make legit arguments. Maybe New Mexico is a little bit on the fringe with that conference record, but they're San Diego State, Boise, Nevada, and Utah State are all tournament teams. They are all over 20 wins, single-digit losses, and they're all right there. And there is a legit shot that this is a four-bid um conference they are they're and getting the respect i'm glad they got a lot of respect last year the and they deserve all the respect that they can get because again they have not just done this for just this year it's not like they're just having no, one really is, good year they've done it consistently yeah. over the last Absolutely. five to ten years and they deserve the credit they really do deserve yeah. the credit another team that does deserve credit is texas a&m as the aggies right now they have been absolutely on fire the most low-key good conference record i've seen this season they finally got ranked back into the top 25 as they were 12 and 2 in the conference going into this week and you look at the standings you're like oh my goodness they're just one game behind alabama that's going to be tough yeah and, and they, uh, they beat tennessee last they night with 68 63 what a huge win for the program back there getting back into the top 25 and when you look at the conference i mean i i kentucky is still there um, they just beat they just beat Tennessee badly earlier this week. Um, Tennessee will probably drop in the rankings, probably into the twenties. Um, obviously, Alabama, the number two team in the country, but there's a lot of questions surrounding that program right now. And then A and M, thirteen and two in the conference, and with Bama playing tonight, there's a shot that they could go joint top of the SEC tonight. So it is. Again, the SEC, you know, you have those four teams at the top, and then behind them, it's just kind of Auburn has kind of fallen short this year. Missouri, after how great they started, 
just hasn't really fallen for them. Yeah. Arkansas still kind of hanging around, and then behind that, it's just a lot of uh, yeah. Mississippi State, I think, is on yeah, the bubble. I think their last four out. Yeah, they're eight. Know. They're eighteen and ten. They probably need a a couple. They might need to win one of the games against one of those good teams. That's what they got up. next. They got Texas A and M at yeah, home that, on Saturday. That's a big time game for the Bulldogs. They're gonna they're gonna need that one. And then the last conference I want to touch on is the Big Ten. Big upset last night. Uh, the the Spartans. In, a, in an emotional yeah, game emotional after win. what happened last week, taking down ranked Indiana um, by the score of 80 to 65. And I mean, I can't even imagine. I didn't watch the game, unfortunately, but I can't even imagine what the atmosphere was like uh, inside of East Lansing last night. I'm sure it was a great scene. Obviously, we saw what happened up in. Uh, up in Ann Arbor with the beautiful, um, you know, the c- people coming together. It was really good to see. And um, can't even imagine the emotions in East Lansing last night. But when you look at when you look at the conference, it is, for Ohio State fans, it doesn't make for nice reading. But for, no, uh, I try not to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> but but there are, there obviously, there are a lot of high-quality teams in this conference. How about Northwestern? How about the job yeah. that they've done in Evanston? They're it just is, continuing to pick momentum exactly. up. So right now, they've really separated themselves from that middle class of the Big Ten, which is very crowded right now. Yeah. Northwestern, they beat Iowa by 20 the other day. They yeah. swept Indiana. They swept Wisconsin. They beat Ohio State and Columbus for the first time since the 1970s. It's like some of these things that are happening is just insane yeah it's, it's a historic team it's kind of mind-blowing uh for for somebody like if imagine if you're following that team for so long where they've been it's been a lot of rough years uh on the court for uh, for evanston and this is finally the year that northwestern is, is pulling it together obviously purdue still the class of the conference just the four conference losses those are their full only four losses this season they are still very much a team to be reckoned with will be in the conversation for the the number one seed and four a number one seed um we'll see what happens with them the rest of the way obviously still got illinois and iowa who are there and then indiana as well and then in the middle class there are some teams that maybe if they can you know find the right groove in the tournament like a michigan state they could find a way to um probably sneak in the back door of that tournament by winning that conference title which will be the most interesting part about those is those those bid stealers those teams that are probably not in if they don't get that conference title but they find a way i think of oregon state a couple years ago when they won and they go all the way to the elite eight eight, yeah after winning the conference title which just shows to show if you get hot at the right time anything could happen in march so when we that year is insane given that the uh there was three osus that made the tournament ohio state oregon state oklahoma state ohio state lost to oral roberts Mm -hmm. sadly but Oklahoma State and Oregon State, they surged. They met each other in a round, and you yep. had two OSUs that were black and orange battling each other, uh, which I thought was That was, uh, that was OS, um, Oklahoma State with Cade Cunningham, I believe. Yep. And, um, yeah, that was that was a good team. Oregon then, State. Yeah, um, some, some great games tonight, though, as we, as we, we look ahead. Um, the biggest one that just tipped off a few minutes ago is uh, UConn and Providence. Big game in the Big East. Um, the Huskies are 18th. In the country, Providence are 20. Uh, it's a big game. Both teams need it in terms of getting that momentum, like we said, and in terms of the conference standings. Yeah, chances to move up a little yeah, bit. Because last mean, night, Villanova upset Xavier, and yeah. then Marquette over Creighton. So it's like there's some opportunities there. Marquette still kind of up there as a front runner. And, and the Big East is still a quality conference. We've really seen it this year. They've, they've kind of reinstated themselves. You don't have that maybe top-of-the-line team, and, you know, Villanova's typically been that team to be that, like, you know, number one overall, something like that. But this it's just a deep conference this year because Seton Hall is, is, is a good basketball team. Villanova's shown the flashes. Those are teams that could maybe get hot. And then the other five teams ahead of them are all ranked. Marquette, who've been really good down the stretch, 14-3, and 22 and six in conference providence xavier creighton and yukon all right there and then behind them you know you have the, the st john's and the butlers and the depauls and we don't talk about georgetown okay. but the rest of those teams are, are are in rebuilds who are working to uh fix fix some of their their deep-seated issues yeah talk and about bid stealers that could be a potential conference absolutely. where you might see one i think the big east when another they're... another conference tournament like the big 12 it's going to be must watch tv with all the high quality basketball that we're going to see and then the number one and number two team in the country are in action tonight. Uh, Houston 
is in action against Tulane just a day after Mardi Gras. Yeah, good um, Tulane team too. Seventeen and seven Tulane team. So it's about as good of a game as you're going to get in the American Conference. Yeah, and then it is Bama. Obviously, a lot of questions surrounding that program right now after the uh, the arrest of the player. Now just came out yesterday that Brandon Miller. Um, may have supplied, it's a little complicated, may have supplied the gun for the guy who supplied the gun. It, it, it's a little, it's a complicated legal loophole, but uh, Nate Oates genuinely just released a statement, I believe, about 15, 20 minutes before the show went on where he, I'll read it out for you, it says, this is actually from the University of Alabama itself, it says, quote, UA Athletics continues to cooperate fully with law enforcement in the ongoing investigation of this tragic situation based on all Uh, excuse me, based on all the information we have received, Brandon Miller is not considered a suspect in this case, only a cooperative witness. Today's statement from Brandon's lawyer adds additional context that the university has considered as part of its review of the facts. Based on all of the facts we have gathered, Brandon remains an active member of our team. Sure, that will be a big storyline tonight. Of course, Brandon Miller, probably the best freshman in the country right now, and Bama, one of the best teams in the country. Of course, um, native son, uh, Mark Sears, who was dominant uh, here in Athens, is now doing the job over in uh, his home his home country, but from Muscle Shoals, Alabama, now doing it for the Tuscaloosans. Yeah, I mean, Alabama, they have been a team to beat throughout this entire season. You thought they were good at football, but now they're really great at basketball yeah. as well. And uh, Bama, they have been the front runners throughout the whole season. They started off 12-0 in the SEC, which is pretty emphatic, uh, before losing their game against Tennessee. But after that, they had a good bounce back uh, against Georgia, where they put up over 100 points. Uh, So right now, having a little bit of controversy in the air. Maybe tricky on the program, but this will test the health of this basketball team and how they're able to navigate through this situation uh, as Alabama will play against South Carolina, a team that's one of the lower-tier teams in the SEC, so could be a good chance to be a get-right game. But you always have to watch out whenever you're playing late at night on the road, especially when teams are upset-minded. South Carolina, a team that did upset Kentucky earlier on in this season as well, so there is some potential there. Uh, but I expect Alabama to come out and still yeah. play very, very and then, well. And then one more game I want to talk about before we uh, we switch the focus. Um, the Missouri Valley Conference is another conference that is really good in terms of mid-majors. And we got a good one tonight between two teams that need to probably get hot to win their tournament, Belmont and, Belmont and Indiana State. Belmont is fifth. They beat Ohio in the first game of the year on that crazy buzzer beater, if you'll remember. Um, and then Indiana State are 13 and 5 in the conference. You've got teams like Drake and Bradley in there who are both, you know, schools that are acclaimed and have been to the tournament and have won tournament games in the past. So, we will see how that goes. Yeah, it's going to be exciting no matter how this thing shakes out as March Madness will be coming up real soon. But that'll lead us to our next break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about scheduling in college football. You're listening to The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. When I got out of the Marine Corps, I was not just, you know, working with my physical disabilities. I was emotionally broken. I remember thinking, how did I get here? How? It was affecting me in my marriage. My husband, he didn't know how to help me. He actually called Wounded Warrior Project. Wounded Warrior Project had this thing called Couples Odyssey. It was an eye-opener, and it I think it really saved our marriage. They gave us books and resources and tools on how to help us with that. I just love him. I love you, honey. I love you, too. Watching her fight for her mental health, fighting for other veterans, fighting for this family, uh, helped me to fight, too. Well, I always loved her, but I love her 10 times more for that. Not all wounds are visible. If you or a loved one are suffering, visit woundedwarriorproject.org slash not alone. Ohio is conducting a study to find a new and more sustainable way to fund the maintenance of our roads and bridges. To learn more and to provide input, visit ohioroadfunding.com. Sponsored by the Ohio Department of Transportation and aired in cooperation with the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. You're listening to The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Welcome you back to the Sports Fan. Nice Wednesday 
evening on a nice day that's starting to feel more and more like spring even though we're still in wintertime march is right around the corner and march madness for college basketball is one of those reminders that the weather is starting to get a little bit warmer but we're going to move on to another sport that happens not after spring but after summer it is football season and this is where we're going to talk a little bit about college football as there have been a lot of discussions about how they are going to do the conferences, conference schedules, especially given that there's been a lot of realignment. We're thinking Texas, Oklahoma, they're moving to the SEC in 2024. Big Ten will be acquiring UCLA and USC. And as a result, there needs to be new conference uh, models because if you have eight teams per division and you're trying to have eight conference games, in the SEC's case, they only play uh, they play one locked rival each and every single year. It's going to be very difficult for teams to play every single team, and it's basically like your conference is two separate conferences that teams aren't going to play each other for a very long time. And we've seen this as a big issue first in the SEC, where you have teams like Kentucky and Ole Miss. They haven't played like Ole Miss hasn't or Kentucky hasn't played in Oxford, Mississippi since like the 2000s. So we're talking like 2009, yeah. 2010, somewhere in that range. Then inversely, you have a team like Texas A&M. They joined the conference in 2012. They've only played Georgia once yeah. since entering the conference. And that just makes you feel like they're not even a part of the same conference. And exactly. we've seen that happen in the Big Ten too, even where you have Ohio State and Illinois. That's an Illibuck trophy, a classic rivalry game. And that game has not been played since 2017. Some of that may be due to COVID, of course, as well, canceling a game. Uh, but still, to have that many years without playing teams in your conference is absolutely ridiculous. And I'm hoping that these models can be a way yeah. to fix it. Yeah, and the and the other thing with that is, is a lot of that has to do with, as you mentioned, the division aspect of conferences. Where, you know, in the Big Ten, there's the Big Ten East and there's the Big Ten West. And we've seen traditionally over the past kind of five years or so that the Big Ten East has been dominant. Where the Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan feel like that almost every year they could beat any team in the Big Ten West if they're able to get past their own division. So... And then you have classic rivalry games that are interdivisional. Ohio State Wisconsin was such a good game for so long, and yet they only play each other every uh, every few years, every couple of years. Wisconsin came to Ohio State last year, and it was a little bit different because Wisconsin was in a little bit of a rebuilding year. Obviously, now with Luke Fickle, things might get a little different it in is. Madison. So, having those games on a more consistent basis, a on one hand, it is it is a tough problem to have because. You only have so many games a year you can schedule, and then six of those do have to be those conference games. You have to play. Ohio State's got to play Michigan and Penn State and uh, and Indiana, like teams that are in the Big Ten East. They have to they have to play them. But then on the other hand, you have to play those those non conference games because they're scheduled so far in advance. Like this Ohio State Notre Dame series was scheduled back in like twenty what twenty twelve twenty thirteen twenty eleven somewhere and back and then, that, yeah. they're only just playing it now. And then they're I believe Ohio State's playing Alabama in like what. 2027, 2028, they're doing a home-and-home home in Tuscaloosa. Right, some of the players that will star in that game are in high school. Yeah, right they're, they're not even. They might be in middle school. So, it, again, it, college the, this college football scheduling, it, it's a weird problem to discuss. It's a hard issue. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it's the two takeaways from this is that, one, those schedulers, it's not a job I envy. And, two, you have to at the end of the you have to try and find the balance and it's hard like i like we've been saying it is, it is a difficult balance to strike but if you can find that if you could find that balance where a team like Texas A&M can go to Georgia once every you know once every maybe you know it's hard it's not like the NFL where it runs every 32 teams you're going to play every team at like once every three years and you go on the road there once every six years it's not like that because it's not like the nfl there's 100 plus teams and then there's already the 12 teams of your conference and you got to figure out how it works it's it's i think that the the biggest thing is it's a difficult problem to fix it certainly is is right now one of the big discussions Ethan, is whether they're going to go in the side of competitive balance making sure that the schedules are equal Yep. In terms of toughness, they also could go in terms of making the schedule a bit equitable, where the tougher teams will need to play better competition, 
or they could just do it in terms of what gets the best TV deals, what gets yeah. the most money. And I think that's something where if you're an ESPN or you're a CBS that just spent a ton of money on these new conferences, ESPN, of course, affiliated with the SEC, CBS just went and got a big deal with the Big Ten alongside Fox. And you're getting all of these games you want to pay for mm-hmm. this entity. You want guaranteed matchups Absolutely. of the best teams. There's no excuses for, like, if you're a CBS and you just bought the Big Ten, you want Ohio State, USC every single year. Yeah. No questions about that. You want Penn State and USC. Penn State, Ohio State. Ohio State, Michigan obviously needs to be there and, every single year. Yeah, and when you think about the U.S., uh, excuse me, when you think about the SEC as well, um, a lot of the best matchups in the SEC are divisional matchups, interdivisional matchups. Think about Alabama, Georgia. Think about those of quite possibly maybe the two best teams in the country who've played on the national championship two out of the past five years it's yeah they never play they 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 don't play in the regular season they'll only play in the championship game or recently in the playoff so when you talk about equitable that is certainly a solution where ohio the ohio states and alabamas of the world are going to have to play the class of their conference while the while Vanderbilt, the, the and Vanderbilts, and the Indiana football, the Indianas are going to have to play harder matchups, and that's not to say that those schools aren't capable of going on runs. We've seen Indiana have a great season in 2020. We've seen, you know, Kentucky contend and you yeah, know go Vanderbilt to New Six under goals. James Franklin won nine games. They went nine yeah. and four. So it's like, and I mean Vanderbilt is always in a tough. I mean they're in the SEC for baseball, not really for anything else. So they they sh- I mean they're they're not too bad in basketball this year. Yeah, they be beat fair. Tennessee. They're they're, they're, they're in credit. the they're in the running. But when you think about SEC football, and Vanderbilt is the last team you're thinking of. So again, and I, you bring up a good point with those TV broadcast deals as well, because the the byproduct of that conference realignment is we've seen a lot of TV realignment where we as we've grown up with the SEC on CBS and the Big Ten on Fox and ESPN, and that's all going to change. You know, we're going to see the Big Ten on a bunch of different places now. NBC has a bit of the Big Ten, CBS has a bit of the Big Ten, so you're going to have a lot of fighting between these broadcasters for that. And then on top of that, there's so much ad revenue, there's so much extra money now that's being thrown around because of these realignments and these blockbuster matchups. And now you add a 12-team playoff into the mix where, you know, a lo- let's say an Ohio State ends up losing a game to a USC in the conference, doesn't win their conference, goes 12-1, and one. they're making that playoff, whether, sure whether you like it or not. Heck, even if you go 9-3 and three in this new model, if you're playing, if the SEC is going to go and adapt to a model or a Big Ten adapts to the model where you have your best teams playing, where let's say Michigan, they are only losses, let's say they lose to Ohio State, USC, and Penn State, but they beat like UCLA, and let's say Nebraska gets it together and some other teams like that, they go 9-3. and three. You're right there in the mix for a spot. Same thing in the SEC. Let's say, like, what if you're Alabama or what if you're Oklahoma and you lost to Alabama, LSU, and Georgia, but you still beat teams like Texas and a couple and A&M and a couple of those types of teams. With the new 12-team conference, I think that's an argument for making these matchups a lot harder and making sure that if you're going to do a scheduling model where you do three locked rivals, not being afraid to put the best teams in the two together. Make Alabama play Georgia every single year. And I think the SEC, more so than any other conference, they do a good job of keeping their teams protected in terms of scheduling. That's why they I mean, play the FCS opponents. Just, just if you want a good laugh, we, we we know how Georgia dominated all of college football this year. They, you know, Ohio State gave them their best punch, and they still took it and won. And then, you know, they dismantled TCU on the national championship. Go look up Georgia's schedule. It is... They, I believe when when the lines eventually come out for all their games, which will be a ways away from now, they'll be favored in every game. The only game that might give them a challenge is, I mean, we'll see what happens with Tennessee and with Joe Milton at quarterback, how they'll transition. It's a, it's a capable quarterback in Joe Milton. Sorry, sorry, Bryce. But <laughs> that, there's, a, there's a capable quarterback there in Joe Milton. Uh, Michigan fans won't like to hear me say that, but... There is, and Tennessee still has a lot of talent coming back. It was a talented team this year, but there is a lot of talent coming back. That might be a, t- a, a game that Georgia could struggle in, potentially. And their crossover at Auburn, and which is their uh, rival, and then versus Ole Miss, yeah. playing them once every seven and, years again. And, yeah, and Auburn is a team in transition, just hired a new head coach. Um, Ole Miss is a program that 
kind of always feels like they're just one step away with Lane Kiffin. It always feels like they're in that second tier of contenders where they're not going to make the four-team playoff, but like they'll put together nine, ten-win seasons easily, but they won't be able to challenge teams like Georgia or Alabama. So we've yet, we've really, we've still, we're still waiting to, I'm, I'm still waiting on Lane Kiffin's statement win at Ole Miss. It, I feel like it will come soon enough. Obviously, there were all the rumors that he were, he was going to jump ship and go to Auburn. He did not. Uh, he stayed put. Um, and it's an interesting team. But again, the, expect, the expectation in Athens, Georgia, that is, is that they're going to win all their games. They're going to go back to win the SEC again, and they're going to go back to the playoff. Obviously, last year is the, or next year is the final year of the, the four-team playoff. So that's, but that's the level. They're back-to-back national champs. They've won, they won the last two years. And because that's their level. And it's going to be different in Athens next year. New quarterback, new offensive coordinator. It, it, it's it, Things are going to look different next year, um, but there's still so much talent. There, There is a real shot that they have. They Not only they are going to lose their quarterback and their offensive coordinator, but there is a real shot that the number one overall pick in the draft is a Georgia defensive player. So, But we all speculated that they would fall off last year after losing all that defensive talent, and look where we are now. And look what so, happened again. Yeah. Yeah, so it'll definitely be an interesting discussion. We'll continue to have that as a theme in some of our other shows where if we have maybe two topics and we want to go and have another fun topic, we'll keep our eye on this and maybe even pick it up discussing some potential uh, models of scheduling, whether it's a 366 or a 177, just a way that teams can play everybody in their conference. But we'll take our last break. When we come back, we'll do our hot picks real quick on the last segment of the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. There's a lot going on right now, and broadcasters are on the ground covering all of it, bringing you the weather, the traffic, and breaking news, all while entertaining you 24 hours a day. Someone needs to tell you what's going on around the world and in our hometowns, and that someone is us. We are free radio. We are always there. We are broadcasters. Visit wearebroadcasters.com or text radio to 52886 to learn more. Furnished by NAB and this station. Stay informed about the stock market from Goldsberry Wealth Strategies. Weekdays at 530 on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. The report follows the news. Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Goldsberry Wealth Strategies is not a broker dealer and is independent of RJFS. Weenie Wednesday. Corn dogs and regular hot dogs, $1.19 each. Open 10.30 a.m. to 10 p.m. Head over to Larry's Dog House over on West Union Street in Athens. Beer, 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 from concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Local teams, local opinions. The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. We welcome you back. 970 WATH Studios on Columbus Road. Cedric Granger and Ethan Sargent joining you for the last little segment of our show as we have the hot picks. Uh, For me, I'll start off first. I think Wisconsin defends the Cole Center, and I'll take them plus one and a half at home against the Hawkeyes. What you got, Ethan? Ooh, it's a, it's a tough night. There's a lot of really good matchups. I'm going to go to a couple of teams that are maybe not quite where their former glory was. Butler and DePaul in the uh, Big East. Obviously, tough conference. They're playing each other tonight. I'm thinking a lot of points. I'm going to go with the over 138.5 between Butler and DePaul. So you've heard it first here. Those are our hot picks. Butler and DePaul on the over and Wisconsin plus 1.5 over Iowa. But thanks again for listening to the Sports Fan here on 970 WATH. For Ethan Sargent and Cedric Granger, we wish you a goodbye and have a great rest of your day. 
In our 73rd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.